You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's good to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 46, and we'll be looking at verses 1 to 11 of that chapter. We'll be thinking about, we'll be talking about the things that we have a habit of forgetting about God, but before we take a look at this portion of Scripture, I have a somewhat confessional type of story to share with you. When I think about the things in my life that I would like to go back and change, I typically land on things that I've said that I wish that I could take back. And I find myself saying to myself, I hope that people forget some of the dumber things that I've said. In fact, a few years ago, I was preaching, and it was during football season, and I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, so obviously that, obviously that means we have a, uh, a rivalry with the Dallas Cowboys. And I said something negative about Texas as I was speaking about uh, the rivalry between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And uh, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it wasn't terribly flattering. And by the way, at the time, my my sister lived in Texas, so I, I didn't truly think <laughs> the negative things that I said. Uh, but just the same, I, I, I made that comment, doing a little bit of a smack talk. And uh, then afterward, I introduced myself to a new family that was visiting our church that day. And uh, after we spoke for a little bit, I asked them where they were from, because they had just moved to the area. And they said, Texas. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, oh, no, they're they're from Texas. Uh, that, that was uh, an unpleasant discovery in that moment. And in that moment, I thought, oh, I, I wish I could take back the words that I said, or if I can't take them back, I, I would just love if they would forget what I just said. <laughs> uh, well, they didn't, but they were thankfully gracious about it just the same. But there are things that when we just kind of think about the concept of forgetting, there are things that we should remember about God, but instead of keeping these things on the forefront of our minds, we have a habit at times of forgetting certain important things about God. And when we look at Psalm 46, we can see that there are things here that we're reminded of that we should never forget about the Lord. And this is what it says in Psalm 46, starting with verse 1. We're told, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Let's pray. 
Lord, as we take a look at this portion of Scripture today, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to understand it. We pray that by your grace we would grow from it. And we pray, Lord, that as we take a look at this portion of Scripture and see a variety of things that the psalmist tells us about you, we pray, Lord, that we would remember these things, that they would stay on the forefront of our mind, that they wouldn't be things that we quickly and easily forget. And Lord, we thank you for the privilege to read your word. We thank you for the privilege to meditate on it today. And we pray that you'd speak to our hearts now. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. A little bit of background on the book of Psalms. When you're looking through the book of Psalms, there were several human authors that the Lord used to pen these words down. You have David, who wrote approximately half of the book of Psalms. You also have some Psalms that are from Solomon, uh, Moses, Asaph, Ethan, and uh, the sons of Korah as well. And when you look at the book of Psalms, we discover that it's an ancient Jewish songbook that the Lord inspired to be written. It includes prayers. It includes praises. There are also sections of the book of Psalms that include complaints uh, directed toward God, uh, different things that are said that that show a, a, like a dissatisfaction or a frustration or even fear in relation to day-to-day activity or things that were taking place. We see lots of emotion in the book of Psalms, so there are psalms that express great joy. There are other psalms that that, um, communicate great sadness. And when you look throughout the New Testament, uh, the New Testament continually refers back to the book of Psalms, showing us how the book of Psalms was intended to help us focus our eyes on Jesus Christ. And when you look at this particular psalm, What we have here is ultimately a glimpse of what Christ's kingdom is going to look like. And this psalm was written by the sons of Korah. And one of the principles that's brought up right away in this particular psalm is the idea that God is our strength. Let me reread what it says in verses 1 to 3. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Now, I'm recording this podcast from the studio area, the desk area that I have set up here, actually in the basement of my house. And if you could see what was surrounding me in this room, you could see that that just to my right as I sit here, there is a pinball machine. And when I was in college, I got, um, I became a, a very big fan of playing pinball. And several years ago, a friend of mine was moving several states away, and uh, he happened to have an old, broken pinball machine in his basement. And he said to me, he said, I can't, I can't take this thing with me. I have no room uh, to take it with me. I don't have the ability to take it with me. It doesn't work anyway. I may just throw it out, but before I throw it out, I wondered if you might want it. And I thought about it for half a second, and I said, yes. Now, I didn't know at the time how to repair uh, a pinball machine, but I thought, you know what, good way to learn on on a broken one that I'm getting for free. I can't make it any worse than it already is. So I thought, yeah, sure, I would love to take it. And so I have it here. It's It's literally, you know, less than, I would say it's probably about eight feet to my right. And um, I knew this, but I discovered this on a new level, that pinball machines are rather heavy. And it was rather difficult for my friend and I to get this pinball machine into this room. We needed strength. 
and it it used you know quite a bit of our strength to be able to carry this thing and it's amazing when we look at our lives when we think about our day-to-day existence on this earth it's amazing just how much we think we're able to accomplish in our own strength we tend to think that we can get a lot done and the truth is i think that we excel at giving ourselves way too much credit. So it's interesting when you look at the opening verse of this psalm, because it describes God in a particular way. It tells us that he is our refuge, that he is our strength, and that he's our ever-present help. And just as ancient Israel regularly forgot this, you could see all throughout the, the Old Testament that ancient Israel tended to forget that God was their refuge, their strength, their ever-present help. We have the same propensity to forget that as well. Now, as the scripture speaks of God being a refuge, when you think of a refuge, a refuge is a place of safety, uh, a refuge is a place of security, a refuge is a place of protection. And what we discover is that our loving Lord provides this for us. He is our place of refuge, and he is always present to offer us the help that we need in the midst of our troubles. Now, every life experience is trouble. There's no exceptions to that. And the scripture describes a period of trouble that's going to come upon the whole earth one day in the future. Uh, This period of trouble, this time of trouble, is referred to elsewhere in scripture as the time of Jacob's trouble, or it's also referred to as the tribulation. It's a time of judgment that this world, this world that has rejected Jesus, is going to one day experience. And so as we're looking through this psalm, Psalm 46, it speaks of the cataclysmic events on earth related uh, to the ground, related to the mountains, related to the sea, and the impact that's going to come upon those areas during this time of tribulation. Now, greater detail is, uh, is explained uh, related to this event, related to this period of time, when you look at the book of Revelation. But when you think about it, When you look at these catastrophic events that are described in Scripture as one day coming to place, it's good for our hearts to know and find refuge in the fact that Christ is our refuge. Christ is our strength. He's our help in big calamities like some of the things that are described in this passage. He's also our refuge, strength, and help in the midst of small things that we deal with in life that maybe we would just say are nuisances or difficulties or or smaller trials. But one of the greatest errors I see in my life and one of the greatest errors that I see in the lives of Christians in general is an over-reliance on our own strength to handle what may come our way. We tend to overestimate our strength. We tend to overestimate what we can do in our own strength or in our own ability. And the truth is, when we overestimate those things, it's actually a recipe for conceit. Uh, It's a recipe for idolatry. It's a recipe for despair. It's a recipe for failure. Because the Scripture tells us that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. It tells us in John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says in this passage, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Elsewhere in Scripture, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it also reminds us that Jesus is the source of our strength. This is what it says there. We read, 
You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. But what do we do? We forget this. Yet apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. He is the source of our strength. Now, we look back here at Psalm 46, there's another principle that's illustrated for us here, and that's this, that God is in control. Look again at verses 4 down to verse 7. This is what it says. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I have four children, and uh, they're getting older at this point now. Uh, Two are teenagers. One's almost a teenager, and one thinks she's a teenager. (laughs) Um, But I remember, I won't say which child it was for the at, at the risk of embarrassing this child, but one of our children uh, expressed to us when they were younger a very irrational fear of tornadoes. Uh, in fact, we actually at one point had to screen weather reports just to make sure that uh, they weren't talking about things like this because this child would often become very fearful and truly struggle to fall asleep at night, being fearful that a tornado might hit our area. Now, we live in Pennsylvania, and there are, on occasion, tornadoes that hit our state, but not very often. It's it's rather rare, and usually they're not quite as severe as some of the tornadoes that tend to hit other places in the United States. So this child's fear was irrational for the most part, and we used to have to calm this child down. Now, all of us, in general, tend to prefer to be in control. And we tend to exhibit great fear when we realize that what we've been trying to control cannot be controlled by us. So that includes things like the future, that includes kids, that includes our health, our future finances, the weather, repairs, things of that nature. These are things that in general tend not to be um, things that we can completely control. We might have influence on them, but sometimes things hit us and, and come from a direction that we don't see coming. And yet we prefer to be in control, and we exhibit great fear at times when we realize we're not in control. And these verses, when you look at verses 4 to 7, they describe God's provision and God's protection of the city of Jerusalem from which Christ will eventually reign as king. We live in an amazing time when the nation of Israel has once again been established, but there is constant fighting over this city. When we look at Psalm 122, verse 6, in that psalm, it encourages us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This is what it says. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. So we're encouraged in that passage to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Well, the truth is, Jesus is the peace of Jerusalem. Jerusalem will not experience ultimate peace until he comes again. And as this psalm indicates, Jerusalem will be the dwelling place of God, and he will establish his peace in his city. And the scripture goes on to describe the nations in an uproar and kingdoms falling. This will be especially true at the end, but many fear 
or many live in fear, I should say, of this already. I hear all sorts of, uh, you know, just talk of uh, economies uh, experiencing recessions and things of that nature. I was just reading a news report yesterday that expressed a fear that in our own country there was going to be a, a strong dip in our economy, and maybe that'll happen, maybe it won't happen, but it's certainly a possibility, and it's not really something that we can immediately control. We also see continual conflict in the Middle East and terrorism and all sorts of things that, that show us just how much this earth needs the peace that Jesus Christ can supply. And even in the midst of all these things that, that can easily produce fear in our hearts, We can take heart because we know the outcome. The outcome is that our Lord Almighty is with us and is our fortress, as the Scripture tells us. One day he will return, and one day the government will be on his shoulders. And if the outcome of the big things are within God's control, is it too much for us to trust that the little things are in his control as well? You can't control the big things if you can't control the small things. And what that says to me is that his hand is on it all. So let's make this personal for just a second. I deal with things that at times produce anxiety in my life, and I know I'm not alone. So let me ask this this question of you. What are you currently allowing yourself to worry about? What robs you of sleep? Or what's stealing your joy? The truth is you're experiencing worry and fear because deep down you know that you can't control what you want to control. But the control that we want for ourselves is not something within our grasp. Our worries can be given over to Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is ultimately the one who is in control. He's in control. We can trust him to control the things that we cannot control. He is Lord over all creation. And the things that I tend to worry about and the things that you tend to worry about are not things that we need to continually to allow to steal our joy. These are things that we can turn over to Christ because ultimately, he's the only one who can control these things anyway. Now, the scripture goes on to illustrate an additional principle that I want to point out, and that's this, that God is at work. And the way it phrases it here, starting with verse 8, jumping down to uh, verse 11 or going down to verse 11, it says this, Come and see the works of the Lord the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And then the scripture says, and this is in quotation marks here, as a quote from God, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then this portion of scripture concludes by saying, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Not long ago, I uh, overheard a conversation with, uh, with two people, and they were talking about how much they enjoy uh, spending time just being alone, drinking coffee, reading, praying, and reflecting. And they would make that a regular pattern. That's something that they would do. And I thought to myself as I heard them describing this pattern of, of just spending some time alone, drinking coffee, reading, praying, reflecting, I thought to myself, that sounds so good. <laughs> and it was at a time where I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed with everything I had on my plate that particular week. But I thought, wow, that sounds so good. So why is it so hard for us to be still? Why does it seem so unattainable from time to time? 
Well, when you look at this portion of Scripture, it speaks prophetically in nature. And these verses give us, uh, once again, a glimpse into the future where the Lord brings this age to, to an end. And we're told here that he will crush the rebellion against his rule that Satan has incited. And it encourages us, in the midst of reflecting on that, to be still and to be confident, knowing that God is God. And we're told of the the end of war, and we're told of the destruction of the tools of war elsewhere in Scripture. In particular, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4 makes reference of it, and this is what we're told there. We read, He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. We're given this beautiful picture in Scripture of Jesus reigning with perfect justice and with perfect peace, and that's something that we have to look forward to. And likewise, you know, when you think about this, it's such a joyful thought to imagine a world filled with nations that finally exalt Christ, God with us, ruling and reigning forever. Well, we can be encouraged because God is in the process of bringing this all to pass. But sometimes I think that we forget all that he's working to accomplish. We look around us and we see all sorts of things taking place, and we despair because it looks like everything that matters is being lost. That's the way we start to think when we allow ourselves to believe that maybe God is clocked out or maybe he's, he's taking a break from intervening in the affairs of humanity, but, but that's not the case. He's working all things together for his glory and the good of his people. But let's be honest with ourselves. It's a dangerous place to be when our thinking is consumed with our work instead of the work that Christ has and is accomplishing on our behalf. We see Christ accomplishing the work of salvation. We see Christ uh, sanctifying his church, helping us to grow in holiness, helping us to grow in our ability to reflect his glory. Christ is building his church. His, he's, he's restoring that which has been destroyed. But sometimes we look around us and all we see are things that, that really prompt our hearts to experience despair, and yet the scripture reminds us that God is in control and he's working all things together for his glory and for our good. I had an encouraging conversation with uh, one of the missionaries that our church supports. And uh, for years, she served um, in a variety of ministries, but but she helped out with some church planting ministries for, for a long while in the country of Spain. And many people, uh, at least here in the United States, and I'd certainly be interested to hear the perspective of those who may be listening to this podcast in Europe, but many people here in the U.S., many Christians here in the United States, look at the church in Europe and think that the church in Europe has experienced a, a noticeable death or decline, however, however you want to phrase that. But this missionary who served in Spain for a variety of years Help me to see something that I wasn't noticing at first. She said, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of, of um, this visible decline of the church in Europe, she says, they're also seeing a new generation that's growing out without preconceived biases against the work of Christ that their parents struggled with, because they've grown up essentially without any experience of church. 
And so it's almost like the slate has been wiped clean. And many of these people that are growing up in that context are openly trusting in Jesus Christ. And she said that she has seen many people come to faith in Christ in the midst of a culture that from the outside may seem to others as spiritually dead. And so I bring that up to remind us that the Lord is accomplishing things, just as this psalm says, that sometimes go so far beyond our natural understanding or our natural perception. And this psalm is highly encouraging to us because it reminds us that God is our strength. We don't need to rely on our own strength. We can rely on the strength that he supplies through faith in Jesus Christ. It also reminds us that God is in control. I don't have to be in control. You don't have to be in control. He's in control. And his ability to control is so much better than anything that we could try and control with our hands or with our own wisdom. And the scripture reminds us as well that God is at work. He hasn't stopped his work. He hasn't stopped considering uh, all the things that he has pledged and promised. He hasn't forgotten his desire for creation. He hasn't abandoned his plan to bring restoration to what seems like it's being completely destroyed. So these are things that God's Word gives us today for us to be encouraged by. And I have to tell you, these things do encourage my heart. I hope that they encourage your heart as well. And let's have a word of prayer together. Lord, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the privilege to be able to look at it today and to just meditate on the content of Psalm 46 and some of the related scriptures that build on the concepts that are referenced here. Lord, I know that it's so easy for me to try and rely on my own strength, to try and control things that only you can control, to forget that you are at work, and I'm sure that I'm not alone in this struggle. But Lord, we thank you for the reminder from your word of things that we so easily forget. And so Lord, I pray that today and each and every day, that as we walk with you, that as we experience your presence, that as we look at your word, that you would encourage our hearts to remember the things that you've communicated, and that we would take hope in all circumstances that we may face. We know that there will come a day when your son, Jesus Christ, is going to rule and reign on this earth with complete peace and with complete benevolence, and that all believers have the privilege of being a part of that kingdom. So, Lord, that's something I am truly looking forward to, but I pray that I would think about it a little bit more than I do. And I pray the same for others, Lord, as we wrestle with these same things. Lord, we're grateful for your presence with us today. We commit this day to your care. And we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the informal Bible study. This is our first episode, and uh, we're grateful to have you with us. Uh, I will say there's a couple things that I want to point out here if you'd like to help this ministry to continue. It's in its infancy right now, and we're going to, we're going to do our best to, to build on that. But there are three ways that you can offer encouragement and support to this ministry if that's something that you feel led to do. One of the ways that you could uh, help out is by becoming a member of our Dollar Donors Club and helping us cover our hosting and production costs by chipping in a dollar a month. If you're interested in doing that, the link to do that is at our website, which is Pastor. Another way that you can help support this ministry is by purchasing resources that can help you in your your spiritual growth, and you can find a whole bunch of those listed at pastor.us. And one other thing that doesn't cost you a dime, it just... um, I guess it would cost you just a moment of your time. But if you leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, we would be grateful for that. iTunes only promotes uh, the podcasts that get 
ratings. So if you leave us a rating or review, that helps us actually connect with additional people. And it's not too difficult to leave that. But if you log into iTunes and uh, find our podcast and leave a rating or a review there, we'd be very grateful for that. And actually, from time to time, we'll be reading some of your uh, reviews in future episodes. So thank you in advance for leaving those. So that's all for this episode. Be sure to visit us online at pastor.us, and we hope that you have a wonderful day. Thanks again. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.